to have with us this morning the High Rock Gospel Singers from Strasbourg, France. Bienvenue à nos We're welcoming you guys, and they have friends who are watching online uh, this morning on our webcast, so bienvenue à nos amis à Strasbourg. And uh, they're going to sing one more song to start off the service this morning. They'll be singing with us and with our choir in just a moment. So would you all welcome them again this morning? Give you my 
They're going to join our choir. Amen. What you may not have understood there was a prayer for our city, a prayer lifting praise to God and thanking Him for being here this morning, and a prayer praying for our city that we would be changed after Katrina. And they have no idea how much they have... Uh, we, I've shown them a little bit about the change that's happened, but, uh, but I think their heart was expressed through that. And I hope you heard our hearts as well. Choir, there I am, and welcome to First Baptist New Orleans on this August Sunday. It's good to see each one of you. If you got a worship guide when you came in, you got a summary of our Care Effect ministry. We want you to take a look at that on the tab on our worship guide. There are places that you can check if you are interested in three of the different ministries that we have available for you. So here at First Baptist. We are about worship, Bible study, and missions, both locally and internationally. And we encourage everybody in the body to plug in in missions as well as Bible study and worship. Uh, if you are brand new to the city, brand new to First Baptist, welcome. It's good to see you. We're glad you're here. In fact, we're delighted that you're here. We want you to know you're welcome here, and uh, we rejoice in your presence today. We hope that you'll give us this tab Everybody in the room, whether a regular attender or brand new at First Baptist, go ahead and give us enough information to uh, follow up on you and give us your prayer needs, and we will collect these at the end of the service. But for right now, we want you to have a personal welcome to First Baptist. So let's stand together, introduce yourself to somebody, and welcome them here to worship.
all join our hands together as we sing. Lord, you are good and your mercy endureth forever. Lord, you are good. Lord, you are good and your mercy endureth forever. People from every nation, from generation to generation, will worship. His love endures forever. Let's all sing it out. Lord, you are good. Lord, you are good and your mercy endureth forever. Lord, you are good and your mercy endureth forever. People from every nation and time, from generation to generation, we worship.
something, okay? They say that if you live to be 65, 40% of those who live to be 65 will one day reside in a nursing home. If you received a blue slip when you came in, would you please stand up? Everybody who got a blue slip. Statistically then, everybody standing up would be living in a nursing home one day out of this group. So congratulations, everybody. (laughs) Now, you may be seated, all right? 
You know, they say the baby boomer bubble is coming. And we're going to fill up the nursing homes. Do you know that of those who reside in nursing homes in our community and in these United States, 60% never receive a visit. If you did not get a blue slip when you came in, would you please stand up? I want you to look around for a minute. 60% never get visited. Please be seated. That's a lot of people who live out their old age with nobody coming to see them. And it is easy with convalescent homes and hospitals to say that's somebody else's job. But you have a spot to check on the tear-off tab today that says, I'm interested in the Jefferson Convalescent Center, the health care center there, and I'd like some more information. Jesus said, I was sick, and you came to me. James said, pure religion and undefiled before God is to visit the widow. Let's bow together. Let's pray for the widows and the widowers and the couples that reside in nursing homes that we know personally. Lord, be with them in their old age as they're depending on the care of others. They've lost their mobility. God, we pray for them. We pray for your grace to be extended to them. We pray, Lord, that they will know that you love them and that they are not forgotten. And having prayed that, Lord, we must now pray for ourselves who have been called by you to go to the sick, the aged, the widow. Lord, we pray that you will help us as your people fulfill this responsibility and this glorious opportunity to carry the love of Jesus and the concern of the Savior to these who receive no one as the days and weeks go by. God, we think about those today who are bereaved. We pray for them. I pray for my own son-in-law, Tony, as he is grieving this morning the loss of his mother. And for their family in this time of need. And others, Lord, who today need you to be the comforter for them. We pray that you will, God. And also, Lord, with loss and grief, help us to be your church, expressing your love, 
noting the care effect both in our own heart and upon those who receive our care and remembering always and every day that you have cared for us and our care for others is a response to your care for us. In Jesus' name we pray. I'll stand up and sing this living water rain. Redeemer who reigns upon 
praise his name this morning. He is a rock and a redeemer, and he reigns on the throne today. Amen. Dissolve like snow, the sun. 
we thank you, Lord, for the promises we have in your word that will endure. We thank you that we are yours and sealed in Christ Jesus, and we claim the blood of Jesus right now, and that's the amazing grace that we stand in today. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said together, amen, amen. Be seated. Thank you, choir. Today, next week, and on the 28th, I'm going to be preaching on Bible study, worship, and missions, which are the three keys programmatically for our church. These are the ways that we draw people to the Savior and help them shine like stars as they hold forth the word of life. Now, today is the big Bible study day. We have some brand new teachers in our Bible study. Are there any in here who are part of the brand new teacher corps? Raise your hand. There's, there's some right here, right here. All right. Very good. Welcome to our faculty of Bible teachers. Those of you who are new, whether you're teaching in nursery and preschool, children, youth, or adult, you are a vital part of the ministry of First Baptist New Orleans. And I hope those of you who take who teach the Word of God, will take the responsibility very seriously. Next week, I'm going to talk about worship. I'll be in John 4 again, here visiting the woman at the well. And then on the 28th, we have the Taste in New Orleans Ministry Fair. And I'll be preaching... From the text of the Good Samaritan. We want everybody to be here on the 28th. We're going to have an abbreviated Bible study time. And then we'll be going to the fellowship hall for gumbo and jambalaya. And a meal that we prepared for you. Along with about 40 different tables. That help you understand the ministries that go on at First Baptist New Orleans. Brothers and sisters, it is our deepest conviction that the church of Jesus Christ is not a church that sits perpetually in the pew or the chair. It is a church that stands and walks and moves into the community of which it is a part. It is our deepest conviction. That the gospel of Jesus Christ cannot be proclaimed in its full orbed splendor without deeds that accompany the words of the gospel. That the gospel must today, as it was in Jesus' day, be incarnated in flesh and dwell among us if it is to be understood and believed. It is our deepest conviction that the call of Jesus to follow me is not a call that you receive and remain seated because Jesus is going somewhere. And if you're going to follow him, you've got to get up and move. Follow me means here, put your steps in my steps. We're headed somewhere. And indeed, literally, 
Jesus did this. He was doing this in John chapter 4, verse 4. If you have your Bibles, you can turn right over there. He was moving from Judea back to Galilee, John tells us. He also says now he had to go through Samaria. The necessity to which John refers when he says now he had to go through Samaria wasn't geographical. The Jews often, in fact as a habit, went from Judea to Galilee without going through Samaria. John puts this in his gospel because it was evident to him and all the disciples that Jesus had to go through Samaria. He had something to do in Samaria, in this region of half-breeds. Despised by the Jews. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar. Near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there and Jesus... Tired from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews... Do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God, and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you Living water. Sir, the woman said, You have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well? And drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his flocks and herds. Jesus answered 
everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But anyone who drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will be in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus told her, go get your husband and come back. I'm going to pick up there next week. All right? On what happens after he says, go get your husband. You know Jesus is the master of taking the visible and helping us see the invisible. He does it here with water. In a little bit, when the disciples come back, he's going to do it with food. He's going to tell them, I have food to eat that you know not of. And they're going to start talking, what, what, somebody bring him some food? No, he's using food to point to something else. Jesus does this with fish and fields and flowers and gates and sheep and doors and light, sparrows. He takes the visible and points to the invisible. He is the master of it. It is the way that he teaches And he's doing it right here. He's talking about living water. The disciples will pick up on this idea. Peter will write later on that this is the living and enduring word of God. Hebrews will say that the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. Building from the words of Jesus when he quoted Deuteronomy and said, Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. When Jesus says, I'm going to give you living water, he hopes that this woman will look from the liquid that is in the well to the living word that feeds the soul. This morning, I want you to think about the thirst in your soul. What you long for, what you're parched for. Because Jesus gives living water that meets the inner need. And I'd encourage you, like Jesus and this Samaritan woman, to make your way to the well. Make your way to the well. Do you know that Mike Edens is developing a mission strategy? Am I right, Mike? 
called the water hole. And it's an effort to meet people at the place where they get their water. And all over the world, water is vitally important. Do you know that you have missionaries that you support with the dollars you put in the plate who actually help people in villages you've never heard of get clean water and pure water? You say, why would we be in the water business? Well, if you've ever been to Yanaconcha Valley, Cajamarca, Peru, some of you have. How many of you went with me? I know there's some in here. There you are. We had a missionary there who drilled 33 wells in that very dry place. And every time they punched through and they got clear water, a village sprang up around the wellhead. And when they ran the water lines down through the country, the streets went along those lines and people built along those lines. Water still gathers people just like it did in Jesus' day when Jesus and the woman made their way to the well. I want you to imagine the Bible class in which you sit, whether the, the chairs are in rows or most of them are in circles. You're gathering at the well. We gather at the well when we go to study God's word. We're looking for the drink that satisfies the soul. Jesus said, this water won't slack the thirst that you've got inside of you, woman from Samaria. But I can give you a water that'll meet your deepest need. Make your way to the well. You're going to meet somebody in treatment. At the well. Just like this Samaritan woman did. The trip to the well. Is a trip to get water. They had to do it twice a day. It was perpetual. Endless. And hard work. But they also went to the well. To meet the new people in town. And catch up on the news. It's where they heard things. Got information. This day, the Samaritan woman goes to the well and she meets somebody like she's never met before. He's amazing. He's amazing. Next week, we're going to see what she does when she finally gets a glimpse of who he is. You know why this story's in the Bible? Because this story is amazing. It captures the imagination of everybody who reads it and pays attention. This is Jesus. And he astonishes people. He acts like like you're not supposed to. He gets outside the lines. He does things differently. The cultural and social and ethnic barriers are coming down at this well. You can tell this woman is startled. She's going to come to the well, draw water from the well, never say a word to the Jewish man because that's the way they do it. 
That's how they lived their lives, Jew and Samaritan. They pass each other and never say a word. The Jews can't even use these utensils, you know. If they drink from the water the Samaritan lady pulls out of that well, they are ceremonially unclean. They can't go to temple worship. Jesus sits down by this well. And this lady comes, expecting to drop her vessel into the well, get her water and leave, and never interact with this man to whom she is invisible. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt like you were invisible? Like nobody really cared about you? This story is in the Bible because it describes a man who brought the wall down. This is Jesus speaking not only to a Samaritan, but to a Samaritan woman. Giving her the dignity of a conversation. Bringing her into the orbit of his influence and relationships. Something's going to surprise you if you make your way to the well You'll meet somebody intriguing. Barriers are going to come down. In that Bible study where you open God's word and the living water starts moving in the life of that small community where you get to know one another, you're going to be surprised by what you find and who you find. And most of all, when you get together and you study this book, when you open this book on your own and you study it, you will discover the man, Jesus, who sits down at the well and waits for you. This book is about him from cover to cover. Brothers and sisters, we live in a day when the book is often neglected and deserted. And we say it is the word of life and the word of God, but we don't treat it that way. Not really. We treat it like a doorstop. Like a weight that we use to hold down paper on the desk. How often do we open it and read what it says? Amos the prophet said, there's a famine coming, not like famines that you've experienced before. It's going to be a famine of hearing the word of the Lord. And he said, you're going to go from sea to sea and stagger from north to east looking for the word of God and you won't find it. There's a generation, he said, that will do without God's word. They're going to starve spiritually. I think most often 
the spiritual weakness we feel as followers of Jesus is connected to our neglect of this book. This book which is inspired by the Holy Spirit to be your food and water. This book which reveals to you the living Word of God, Jesus. I am challenging you, okay? Today, get into this Word and read it. Learn it and live it. Not because I said so, but because it's your life. A psalmist said, said he sent his Word and healed them. That could happen to you, you know. The wounds that you've experienced and sustained in your life. Were you to immerse yourself in the word of God and drink it in as food and water. It would be to you healing of the soul. Jesus said, I want to give you something, lady that goes beyond what you can get out of this well. At the well, she meets a man who surprises her and connects with her. He identifies her burden and it rolls from her shoulders before she leaves the well. Barriers come down and burdens come off when you come to the well with Jesus. I wish I could help you know how the burdens really do roll away when he speaks his word to you and life to you. Meet somebody intriguing. At the well. And rediscover the mystery at the well. I know life may have grown stale and sterile for you. It's not uncommon for somebody to go through a parched and dry land spiritually. And it feels like you're numb emotionally as you move through your life. But I'm telling you, if you come to the well, you can rediscover the mystery that is the Word of God. God can do a new work in your life of opening your eyes to truth you haven't seen before. There may be somebody in this room who's been saying for a long time, what can those people teach me? Why would I show up and let them teach the Word of God to me? What do they know that I don't know? There may be a few people in the room that haven't learned a thing in a long, long time. Because you're filled with pride. And you really think you're as smart as anybody else and nobody can teach you anything. 
I tell you what, that's a sad place to be, my friend. It's a sad place to be when you figure that you know all the mystery. And there's nothing else you can learn. Who do you think you are? Have you got yourself confused with God? You need the living water, friend. And life will get back its color and its harmony and its joy and its surprise for you if you will come to the well. Jesus said to this lady who came to this well with her burden, if you knew the gift of God, Find out about this gift. What gift? If you knew the gift of God. If you knew who it is that asked you for a drink. Find out about this man. Jesus said, if you knew these two things. If you knew the gift of God and who it is that's talking to you right now. You'd have a different request. You'd ask me and I'd give you living water. Jesus is God's ambassador, the living word made flesh, dwelt among us here on this planet, delivered God's word to us and in his body. Gave it all for us at the cross. If you knew the gift of God and who it is that speaks to you, you would ask and he would give you Living water. Find out about this water. This living water. And satisfy your thirst. When Jesus talks about this well, at first it's like a bubbling well. It's a different word. But when he gets to the part where he says, when he refers to the well again later on, he talks as if it were a cistern. Just a place to capture water. And he uses a word to describe water that is used only here in all the Bible to describe water. It's a word for jumping active life. Jesus is saying you can have water in your heart that's active and living and bubbly and moving. It can be in you like a a spring and an artesian well. It can spring up inside of you. You can have a life that is eternal and never ends. Don't you want this life? Living water will move the turbines and move the line. Living water has power and energy. And Jesus is talking about water that moves and works and makes a difference. This water satisfies your thirst. I have a prayer for you that I hope you will pray as you think about your walk with God and where you want to be. And this is the prayer. 
give me this water. Lord, give me this water. If you got cynical, I want you to pray this. Lord, give me this water. If you're discouraged, I want you to pray this prayer. Lord, give me this water. If all the joy has gone in your life, pray this prayer. Give me this water. If you have a challenge that you cannot meet, pray this prayer. Lord, give me this water. Give me this water. Do you believe in the living water? Was Jesus just making conversation? Or was he speaking truth? He said, I am come that they might have life. And might have it how? Abundantly. Abundantly. You know how dry the Middle East is? It's a dry place. Lots of desert there. doesn't rain a lot. But when you baptize in the Middle East, there's lots of water. I got a picture that I want you to see. Have you guys got it there? No? I think they do. Okay. You know where this is? Amen. This is the Jordan River. You know who that little guy is down there? That's me. Okay? I'm baptizing people in the Jordan River. And there is much water there. I spoke of Peru just a moment ago. In the Yanaconcha Valley, those people are startled. What do you mean? You actually go under the water? They have lived all their lives. They are now adults and they've never been submerged. You see the water in that tank? There is much water in that tank. When we baptize people, water splashes, rolls, and waves. It is a picture of the living, abundant life that God gives. It is the picture of the surplus that he wants to give. We plunge them into the water. Why? Because God's life is abundant and overflowing and it springs up like a well and you need a lot of water to help people get the idea of what God wants to do in them. Not to barely get by, not to live your life with a nose to the grindstone, but actually to have joy and peace and love pouring out of you. So that as a follower of Jesus, you go around in a parched and thirsty land and people look at you and and they want to go where you're going. Wherever he is, that's where I'm headed. Who put that smile on his face? Who put that love in his heart? What happened to that man? Whatever happened to him, that's what I want in me. God intends for you to be that kind of person. So attractive to others, they want to follow you and see where you're going. Why? Because abundant life is so scarce. 
people just eke it out every day. Just live at the minimum. Do only what's required. Barely get by. Wake up with a frown. Go to bed worn out. And wonder in between what it's all about. You were made for this water. You were made to come to this well. This is the man who tore the wall down. And he has a life for you. And if you're dried out inside, pray this prayer. Lord, give me this water. Bow with me, please. The Holy Spirit loves to deliver the living water. And if you have a need that only He can fill to pray right now, Lord, give me this water. He wants to give it. He wants you to receive it. Maybe as you pray, Lord, give me this water. Something pops up in your mind that you've got to take care of in order to receive it. Maybe the first part of your prayer has got to be, Lord, know where I've been and how far away I've been you know the things I've done and I'm coming to you with all that I need these burdens rolled off my shoulder and my heart so that I can receive this living water that you have for me God I pray for those who are burdened and parched and in need Give us this water, Lord, so we won't be thirsty. Meet the need of our heart. Draw us into your love. Set aside our sin, Lord. Help us get over our pride. And we might know you and the life that never ends. In Jesus' name. all you know to say is Lord here I am just like I am can you do anything with this God like the Samaritan woman we show up at the well saying Lord here we are that's a good way to come it's a good way to be it's how Jesus meets people right where they are know this need for water the living water that wells up inside it shouldn't be postponed it's a right now kind of need in a heart that's dry I hope today you will surrender to the call of the Holy Spirit and let your life 
be his. Stand with me, please. This is our time of response, your opportunity to come and pray with one of our counselors saying, I have this need in my heart. I need the living water. Lord, give me this water. If you need a church home, you can come at this time. If you need to be baptized and you've already been saved, but you've been following the Lord a long way off, maybe you've been a secret believer and you know it's time for you to go public with your faith, then you come at this time. And if you need Christ in your life, I urge you, I beg you, trust him now. Ask him, Lord, give me this water. And he will. Let's sing together. You come as we sing. Come just as you are. Won't you hear the Spirit? Christ the King, Christ the King, come.
Put your name on it, put an email or phone number. If you'd like to talk to a pastor about the living water or anything else in your life, go ahead and check, check that. If you've got a prayer request or you're about to have surgery, we want to know those things so we can come visit with you and pray with you. So go ahead and use that tab to communicate with us today, all right? We're going to receive our offering now. And uh, Don Cooper, if you will come and lead us in our prayer, please, sir. Lord, we come to you today with hearts filled with thanks for all the blessings that uh, you've bestowed upon us, Lord. And we thank you for those blessings, Lord. And we, we, we come in to praise you, Lord, to praise you as our God and, and our Father, Lord. And I just pray that as we prepare to ca- collect our offering today, that you give us generous hearts to, to give back to you, Lord, because we know that all of these things that we possess, they come from you first, Lord. And I just pray that you give us the, the generous hearts to give, give, give back to you, Lord. And I pray for wisdom for our church staff and leaders that they can take these gifts and Use them wisely to do your work both here and around the world, Lord, as we spread your gospel. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. Man. 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 Man.
for sharing with us this morning. That was wonderful. That was wonderful. We want to let y'all know a few things that are happening today. Um, We want you to know that that this week, this Wednesday night, is when we're going to be starting our children's activities. Our children's choir and our children's missions programs and all that are going to be starting back up this Wednesday night. So we want you to be a part of that and um, bring those kids, invite your neighbors. You see kids running around in the street in your neighborhood, don't just grab them and bring them, but invite them, ask their parents if they can come. And I knew I'd get your attention with that. And then today we um, have our Bible study ministry leadership lunch. We want our Bible study leaders to all stay for that today. And um, then also before that, Today is Promotion Sunday for our Bible study classes. So it's the time for our children to all move upstairs or move down the hall or or move to that new class that shows how they're growing up and a time to get just a fresh start in Bible study ministry. So we hope everybody will be a part of that. Hello. This will be a good day to get your kids to uh, Bible study and get them into their new classes. Uh, I'm going to teach the Get to Know FBNO session again. It's a one session, a 45-minute teaching time right over here by the baptistry that will start at 11 o'clock or maybe 11.05, all right? And uh, everybody's invited. Even if you're a member, you can come and join us. Anybody who's interested in just what's going on at First Baptist, we'll give you a bird's-eye view at Get to Know FBNO. Also, we have a benevolence offering today. This is the offering we use to help people when they just 
uh, need gas, need food in an emergency setting. It's, it's what we use to take care of emergencies. And so as you exit today, you're going to have an opportunity to give to that as well. All right. Uh, let me introduce to you some folks who just feel called of God to be part of this congregation. Uh, Doctors Ken and Denise Carut come stand with me and their children are also with them. Uh, and they are coming, having known the Lord for some time. Denise is going to be baptized by immersion as a believer. Ken's already had that and their kids are in various stages of college and things. But this is a great family God's given us. If you rejoice in their coming, would you say Amen. And then uh, Bob and Judy Welch, you'll come stand with me here. Uh, Dr. Welch is a new professor at the seminary, and they are feeling called of God to, be, to join us from their previous church in Fort Worth. You rejoice in their coming, so amen. We're really glad to have you. And then Jasmine, this is jo- Jasmine Sosan. And uh, she also is coming by transfer letter from a sister church in our area, a student at UNO, just feeling called of God to be part with us here. If you rejoice in her comments, say amen. All right. And this is Faith Scott. And before we vote on her, I want to tell you, she is our new children's minister. All right. She is here to help us. And uh, God has has drawn her heart this way. I think uh, your former pastor was a little dismayed that you didn't go over there, but he told me you're the finest children's minister in the state. So, okay, you're okay. All right. But she's here because she feels the call of God to be here. So she's coming by transfer letter, obviously. I said, it might be a good thing to join. And so she said, yes, okay. But uh, as we vote on Faye today, we're also saying... We love you. We're with you. We're going to support you in ministry to birth through sixth grade, particularly as her area of focus, okay? So if you're ready to pray with her, work with her, and rejoice as she comes into our fellowship, will you say amen? Amen. Amen. All right. You make sure to come by and greet these folks. We have one other thing. I just need to tell the Carafec leaders who are going to be setting up for our our ministry fair in two weeks that we have um, some boards out. Anna has some boards out for you in the lobby so you can pick those up as you go out. Okay. And we have Bible study ministers lunch, ministry lunch at noon for everybody who teaches a class, works in a class, and is part of our Bible study structure. Okay. Don't forget the men's choirs next week. And what else is Next this? week, men's choir right here, 9 o'clock, men. Oh, get up thank here. you, Robert. Don't all the men. All the men. 9 o'clock. Yep. All right. I'm going to be there. How about you? Come on, guys. Let's be at the choir. 9 o'clock. Let's give, give them a great say, men's choir. Can we say thanks again to the choir that joined us this week? They all right. For Strasbourg, thank France. you. Thanks, you guys. Merci beaucoup. All right. We're dismissed to Bible study. God bless you. <laughs>